Terrorists have taken over Regis Academy, and they're about to receive a lesson they will never forget. Toy Soldiers Mac and Cheese, next. When your weekend's all spent up and you got Monday coming down the pike, sometimes all you need is a little comfort to get you through to Monday. Mac and Cheese Movies, where we believe in comfort food and comfort movies. The Regis School for Boys, where the country's best families... Hey, bring that back here! ...send the world's worst students... If you're going to kick me out, kick me out. They'd make four prep schools in four years. You're trying for the Guinness Book of Records? But these boys... ...are in for a real shock. If you do not produce my father unharmed, I will begin executing the hostages. I'm sure by now you have discovered who their parents are. Chairman of the Armed Services Committee. Vice Chairman of the Republican Party. What does your father do with young contractor? According to this, he owns the third largest construction company in the world. Yeah, he's a contractor. My boys, many of them, they have a real problem with authority. Are you with me or not? Of course we're with you. But if you get a shot, we're going to be PO'd. Welcome to Mac and Cheese Movies. I'm Scotty Coppage. And he's ready to switch microchips and save the day, Sam Steen. What's up? Back again. Here we go. In honor of our movie, the 1991 Toy Soldiers, we reverse engineered the drink that Billy Tepper is selling boys in the prep school. The mouthwash drink. Four parts 100 proof vodka, two parts peppermint schnapps for that mouthwash flavor, and one part green food dye to make it green. I got two tiny bottles of this at local boys liquor here in town. I'm wondering what this is going to taste like. And, you know, while while we are older, Sam, mm-hmm. and we enjoy a good craft beer or a nice mm-hmm. bourbon, you know, this wasn't going to be that. Um, this is a throwback to when you're in high school, you don't have access to alcohol, and you'll just kind of drink, like, anything. The worst stuff is worth having. Especially if you're, like, you're in a prep school and you can't really get around, like, town and everything. Um, how did it taste to you when we made it? Uh, it was surprisingly exactly like scope. Like I would like as I'm drinking it, I'm like, I should be spitting this out. I should probably swash this around, spit it out. Um, but like I was saying earlier, when I was like, when you smell it, you smell like it smells like I shouldn't drink this, right? This is this is something that I should buy at the commissary. But when you drink it, you know it's not terrible. I could see, uh, I could see. <laughs> I mean, like if I was if I was stuck at a prep school or in prison, I would drink this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, prep school or prison. Yeah, this is like a fine dining. Yeah, this is yeah. I could mix this in the toilet at or wherever you know. Yeah, yeah it's not bad. And then while rewatching this movie for the for this podcast, Shannon had wanted me to make homemade bread for our little women podcast that we were going to be recording the next day. So I was struggling 
to make this bread in the bread machine while watching Toy Soldiers for the rewatch. Um, Shannon was like, hey, here's here's the bread machine. Here's the active yeast. You know, the other ingredients. Here's the instructions. I look at the instructions. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I even like go on YouTube and do some bread machine stuff. I was like, I still am so intimidated by this. Because like, I think when I got this text from Shannon, I was still in the middle of work. So I was like, I can't focus at all. Mm-mm. And I did, I'm like panicking about like this bread assignment that I got like for homework. Um, but yeah, I just put, I just put it in the bread, the bread tray. They had a weird word for it in the instructions. Mm-hmm. And then it said like dip a little tranche for the active yeast with the other ingredients, but it, tranche. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I just poured it in there and three and a half hours later, here we go. Well, it was excellent. I think I think in the end, you just get all the ingredients and you just kind of mix them all up and you just kind of put them in a machine, which is basically what you did. Is that is that what happened with this movie? We just got all these ingredients and we just put it in the machine and it ends up well, pretty good. I don't think that... Yeah, I think they were like coming up with a lot of these ingredients. like Because like you were saying, like when we're starting this thing out, like this isn't... Um, this, is, this hasn't really been done a lot before this movie. Right. Yeah. This is kind of like testing out. Should we, should we have like this much violence and this terrorism type stuff? Right. Yeah. And so, like, let's mix all this up and see what happens. And you get toy soldiers. Let's get. <laughs> That's what you let's, get. get let's get Sean Astin in a leading role in a jean jacket vest. Some Reebok well, pumps. Sometimes underwear. The other times, no big deal. <laughs> they are in their underwear like a lot. Like, there's all the scenes while they're, like, supposed to be sleeping, and they're, like, discussing their plan. Yeah, bros. Bros hanging out in their underwear. That's why I wore my underwear today. <laughs> Just underwear. But, you know, bros hanging out, you know. We're about to hit the head. You know, let's, uh, about to, you know, we're about to go to bed for the night. Let's, um, you know, let's get in our pajamas. <laughs> let's go over some plans for how we're going to take out some terrorists. Um, that, that seems like a very normal thing. What's, I, don't I, see I feel what like any is. sleepover I was in, I would just wear, like wear shorts. Um, yeah. Like if I'm in a hotel or something, I think I just wear shorts. Yeah. Undies and shorts. It's fine. If I'm in a hostage situation, I think I might sleep with shoes on too, in case some situation <laughs> happens and I have to like run out the building. Yeah. Um, it depends how, you know, comfortable the terrorists were making them feel, you know? Like, you don't know how, like, you know, bedtime shutdown, you know, like, hey, guys, don't worry. We're not going to mess with you, you know, for a few hours. You don't know if that conversation happened, really. We didn't see it on screen. Right. They could be very lovely and like concierges. They didn't seem like it at the time. They were, I mean, and, you know, and I hate to say it, but like they were, they were trying to make these Colombians seem like some really bad people. And, you know, back then we weren't the best friends with those Colombians. As I'm talking about Americans. Now we love Colombians. You know, everyone loves Colombians. I went, now. I went to, we went to Colombia a few years ago and it was amazing. See, you made it back. You know, no beheadings, no nothing. They're fine now. <laughs> They're fine. But back then, it was a scary place, you know? And so, and I did a little research. I talked to some actual Colombians um, you know, about that time, whatever. And it's like, you know, that's Pablo Escobar's like, like the heat of it. This is like, he's bombing. Places and people like he's a bad dude. Like then this is the middle of it, so it just makes sense. Where it'd be like, all right, this is Hollywood. Who's the bad guy? It's Pablo Escobar's guy. It's Colombians, right? I think I think like movies now they will make up some country to be the enemy. Where like back then, yeah, Russia. 
We got really, like there's a yeah. there's there's like yeah there's Russian invasion, Colombian like you know drug lords like that's that's what they're doing. They got like we're not gonna like exactly yeah. So like the kind of ballsiness of eighties nineties Hollywood. Yeah, I can appreciate it. So let's get to our movie this week, Toy Soldiers. According to the legends of IMDb, a group of troublemaking boys decide to take a stand when terrorists seize control of their boarding school. First taste. First time you saw this movie, your relationship to it, and why is it a mac and cheese movie? <laughs> uh, first time I saw it was like two nights ago. <laughs> yeah, you were like, uh, you heard about this movie, seen this movie. Usually my answer for most of the time when you ask me that is like, no, I have no idea what's going on. Let me check this thing out. Um, but, I mean, first thoughts on it, I'm like, dude, this is... Like, this is what you want to happen when you're, like, a kid that age. You want to be with your bros, and you want something to happen. You want something to go down. I mean, maybe not guys with machine guns necessarily, but something exciting to happen where it's, like, us versus them, and let's go, you know, I don't have to, like, create that. By, by rebelling against the yes. dean or headmaster. Yeah, exactly. A real threat. A real threat, yeah. And so uh, so I'm watching it, I'm going, I can just picture me being there and, you know, with all the bros in their undies, like, planning on what we're going to do, you know? So cool. Yeah. I saw this movie opening weekend with my father after school. This came out in May in 1991. Movie was great. Loved it. I wanted to see it maybe a few weeks later. I saw, like, some TV teaser for it. And it had, like, people coming out of the theater and recording their reactions. And it was, like... These dudes, like, it's like when you're, like, kind of blown away by a movie and you're, like, hanging on each other. It's yes. like, like, awesome, the best. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, I need to see this right now. Like, my grandma was taking care of me that night. And, like, I was just like, hey, Greeny, will you take me to this movie? It's What's her name? Greeny. Greeny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, making sure. That's also what this drink is called. Yeah, it might as well be. Um... This movie starts in 10 minutes. Can we go? It's like, I didn't get to go that time. But I did get to see it with my dad, like, that first opening weekend. And then this movie's... I kind of forget about it. Because, like, 1991 is... It feels like there's a lot of movies that summer. But, like, Terminator 2 comes out that summer. See? I mean, come on. That's, that, yeah. You can't compete against that. Come on. So this movie opened up. It had $4 million opening weekend. That's, like, some indie nothing movie now. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you think about, the like, the... Opening weekends for like Marvel stuff now, it's like 130 million, 200 million. Like, right. it's like four million dollars, and then it's like kind of made three million maybe the next week, and then like one, one. Mm. Just, and like, a, I was like, is that weird for a movie? Like, I was looking at Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, and it was like kind of very similar. Like, a lot of movies didn't have these like huge opening like weekends. Like, maybe they would grow a little bit, or maybe they'd say stay steady, mm -hmm. but they wouldn't have this huge splash. I think, I think Terminator 2 had 30 million. Like opening weekend, yeah, and that had Arnold. It was a sequel. It was huge marketing campaign, and it's a great movie, yeah. But yeah, it's like, well, they're also kind of stuck in a little bit of a hard place. What's this? What's Toy Soldiers rated? It's rated R. It's rated R. And so when you know when you're in 1991, you had to have your dad take you, like, because you're 10 and 11 years old, yeah. right? It's like when I'm 10 or 12 years old, I want to go watch this. Well. It ain't happening for most of us. You know what I mean? But that's the age when you want to go see it, right? Yeah. And so it's a, it's a tough one if they could have gotten it PG-13, which would have sucked if it was PG-13 because then you don't get all the awesome violence. Like, I need those people to die and, and like, the way they did and stuff like that. I need that. 
in the theater when that one dude the the villain who's in total recall do you know who i'm talking about like the white guy that's the villain that's like the second in command he's in total recall oh, really okay. like the american like, guy that's yeah. with the columbia yeah he's yes. like he's like it's almost like the same kind of role in Total Recall. He's like the number two guy in Total Recall. Yes, okay. When he's on the roof and he gets shot up by the helicopters, mm, yeah. people started clapping. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah! <laughs> yes. That's awesome. So um, it's, it was like a great experience. And yeah, I want that. I don't want PG-13 to ruin that kind of stuff. Right. And I like, want the minigun to just take out the dude. And I, I wasn't thinking about this until like earlier today, but... Besides Joey, no, none of the kids get killed, right? Like it, it's not right. a thing where like a whole bunch of them got like, "Hey, you, you, your time is up on this," and you know, five people are. De- There's no. It's the only people that get killed are like, I think other people with guns for the most part. Yes, yeah, and, and Joey, Joey had a gun too. Yeah, the, jo, Joey heroically. heroically. Joey, Joey's about to be released. Takes down this dude, gets his machine gun, and then just like jumps out into the quad. Mm. In, not, the, in the open, it's, though. It's not a smart move. In the open. Yeah. I think I want to come around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Something, you know. And, and, you know that's, I mean. and that's Will Wheaton, who was in Star Trek, The Next Generation at that time. And then he was in Stand By Me before that. And he this little cross earring. He had the cross, yes. Did his dangle? I think his dangled. His, he had the dangle. A little bit of a dangle, yeah. Which is a baller move back then. You know what I mean? If you go, wait, he goes left side dangle. They all had left side rings. And that's back when it mattered what side, yeah. <laughs> right? You had to have the right side back then. Or like, you know what I yes, mean? Yeah. Like yeah. people were like, there was like a thing. What's going on? Or, oh, guys can't have two ears pierced. Like that'd be unheard of. Right. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, yeah. It's cool. Now it's just like pierce yeah, everything. Pierce, it it, I'm going to pierce my elbow. Like, it doesn't yes. matter. Mm-hmm. Elbow would be good because you can't really feel that. <laughs> Just like this tackle right here. Yes. Yeah. We saw this movie. You know, this movie came out on HBO. It feels like all the kids in my elementary school had HBO. So like everyone, everyone like kind of sees it that next by that next year. And then like a friend of mine would be like, he would do the impression of like the bad guy. He'd be like, if you touch the wires, they will explode. <laughs> so, don't touch the wires. <laughs> this villain is so over the top. This actor right here. Yeah, he's good though. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't... Uh, I thought he was believable, you know what I mean? You know who he remind me, reminded me of? I just thought about this. Do you watch like... Um, uh, Better Call Saul and all the... and uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Like the Salamanca... The new Salamanca guy. Okay. The new one. Yeah. That's like... So cool that mm-hmm. everyone loves. You know, he's kind of like that. He's real cool. Yeah. And he's like talks normal, but never once in a while, he'll explode. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I love that. He reminds me of that guy though a lot. Now think about and, it. And then this dude was also in Lost, a show that we would watch when it would come out on ABCs. Yes. Um this this is the guy who had the eye patch who like blew up the thing that Charlie like died in. That was him? Yeah, that's him. Really? Is it? Yes. Like, it's really obvious. I think it's it's definitely him. Oh um, yeah, it, no, it, I mean, it looks, I it, it looks I like just... it looks like him. I mean, but I mean, you know, apparently, me and only a few sixth graders saw this movie, <laughs> and my dad, so they, right. no one else is like, "Hey, it's the guy from Toy Soldiers." Right. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, 
forget what his name is. I don't know. I remember Benjamin Linus like saying his name. In the movie? No, in Lost. Oh, in Lost. <laughs> okay. This is the first movie like post Die Hard and like a long years that we're using the Die Hard formula of like terrorists in a blank. So we had Die Hard. Then we didn't. I think there may have been one movie that was on VHS about Die Hard in like a department store. Okay. But like I didn't see that. I just saw like the cover of it because you see like the videos. So this is the first one. This is I think this really ends up looking pretty good. I mean, later we get, you know, we get Speed, we get Passenger 57, we get Under Siege with Steven Seagal. We get, like, they really kind of go all out for it, like, later. Mm -hmm. But, like, this movie, I think, works really well. Well, and it's, I mean, out of those, right, it's, like, the only one where you have, like, kids, right? And, like, a school, and just, like, hits you close to home, you know, like, and not just kids. Well, some of the, it's funny, because, like, some of the kids are, they're all kind of troubled youth, but a lot of their parents are, like, Big dogs, right? Big wigs. Oh, yeah. your dad's the UN secretary. And like, oh, he's like, yeah, it's me. So, I mean, that part's kind of weird. But it is kind of, does hit you close to home. It's like, these are kind of troubled teens, right? And they have to go to this place. This is kind of like their last chance university here, right? <laughs> and so, um, so that, you know, that kind of like pulls on your heartstrings a little yeah. bit, right? And Louis Gossett Jr., do you remember him in any movies? Do you remember him in Iron Eagle? Mm-mm. It's like the it's like he helps another teenager. Like his dad got kidnapped by the Russians or some, you know, government, and he's like some 16-year-old kid who like learns how to do like F-14 jets with Louis Gossett Jr. And they go and rescue the guy. Um, and that's like what the movie's about, which is like this is like kind of where this movie is like kind of coming from. It's like there's like Red Dawn, there's mm-hmm. Iron Eagle. There's like a lot of movies that kind of like mess with this kind of formula of like these kids can go up against like these huge kind of institutions and countries. Yes, love that. Yeah, and I like and I like Louis Gossett Jr. I wish I had a principal or a boss like Louis Gossett Jr. who's like I believe in him. Oh. Uh, oh, I'm just doing this to look out for you. Um, Absolutely. You know, yeah. It makes yeah. It makes me want to like find a kid or like one of my own kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> that like, listen, no one believes in you <laughs> except me, you know? But then they have to go out and like do something awesome. Yeah. You know, they can't like poop their pants after that or whatever. <laughs> or just, you know what or I mean? just be on Xbox or. Yeah, exactly. We don't do that at our house. You know, we don't. We don't do Xbox? Well, no, we don't do all that stuff. We don't do all that stuff. We don't melt their brains or anything. I had reservations about this film because, like, in the last 30 years, schools have had, like, all these shootings. But when you watch this, this movie is a lot safer than a school shooting. Like, there are rules here. There's logic. Like, the terrorists are, like, not shooting up any kids. They kind of have, like, a, like, some restraint. So there's a pattern where, in, like, a school shooting, it's, like, just, like, chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel better about this movie after watching it and like, be like, you know what? This is like pure fantasy and this is not correlated to that. Yes. Yeah. It kind of helps that it's like sort of a, not sort of, that it's definitely like a hostage situation. And anytime there are hostage situations in movies and it seems like in real life, like for some reason, these bad guys, like they let, they like, they're like, there's rules here. There's rules to these hostages, hostage situations, right? And the police know it because the police are like, you know, let's negotiate or not or whatever. But it's just funny how even the terrorists are like, 
hey, there's some rules here. Like we're, you know, we're gonna have a little structure. We're gonna have lots of structure, and we're gonna talk at certain times. If you in twelve hours, if you haven't done something, you're just like, really? Okay. Because that'd be a terrible movie if there was no structure in that in those negotiations, right? Or if yeah. you didn't follow those rules. Oh man, that would be awful, right? So that's, I mean, that's really nice that they can. And I, and I think that that is a good, like they, they, the terrorists show up with all this hardware and everything just to get this one kid. That's like the judge's son or whatever. They got him into witness relocation program. Yes. Like, so look, there's like, yeah, we're already here. We got these kids. <laughs> it's like, um, let's do this. Which and, is like, they should, good pivot. I think he even says a great pivot. Exactly. I think he even says like, as they're reading their files, <laughs> how like they're always reading their files. They'll the think like, oh yeah, he really does have asthma. Watch out for him. <laughs> it says right here in the file. But it's like, it's just, it's just funny how they're like, oh, is, is this your dad? Is this your parents? It's like, they'll do. These kids will do. We're like, okay. Just because their parents are like CEOs of Fortune 500 companies or something. The, the school board meeting where they're talking about like how this th- this is what's happening right now is nuts. And it looks just as nuts as any school board meeting in the country like right now. Like, <laughs> it's not like as high stakes as this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they don't all have like the guy from Law and Order there that's like the <laughs> who's, who's like in the mob. Who's, who's like the head of the mob. Yeah. <laughs> that's the mafia. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Yeah. Let's, let's take out this guy's father. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a uh, that's probably a pretty normal school board meeting for that you know, situation or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's how they all look right now. I'm sure yeah. you know, just yeah. get get some yellers, get some screamers over just anything. And uh, maybe in movies, there isn't ever any normal school board meeting. If there's a school board meeting in a movie, it's going to be pretty intense. Or else yeah. I'd be like, okay, we're going to take the minutes here, uh, right? You can't, yeah, you can't have one of the boring ones. Yeah. It's got to be like, you know, dude stands up, yells, and then like annoying lady stands up. She, she yells. Yeah, she's, she's the worst. Yes. Oh, annoying lady is the worst. Not in general, not annoying ladies in general, but annoying lady at school board meeting and movie. Worst. Worst. Even in Field of Dreams, it's like that. It is like I'm that. Throwing, you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm almost done with my scope. <laughs> <laughs> when this movie starts out and we meet our prankster heroes, they're using some hack to make phone calls to a 900 number. Mm. Um, that's, I think that's like really fun. And like, then like a throwback to the whole idea of like using the phone lines and like 900 nu- like numbers being like $9 a minute and like how they're bypassing yeah. that. And like the Dean like picks up his phone and is like, like what's going what's going on here? And then like knows where there's like this like underground kind of thing. There's like you have to move some racks to open it up. And, yes, and he knows where it is. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a couple of those kids were like way too into that like phone sex scene or whatever. You know what I mean? Just like whoa. Um, but yeah, I can remember like doing stuff like that when we were young. You know, with the prank calls and all that, and um. I don't know if we did the 900 thing together, <laughs> the 900 number thing, but uh, but I'm sure some some groups of kids I think some, did. I think some kids did, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And they're like, hey, do you have any more Playboys? Like when they get into that guy's room. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first thing they ask. 
Um, How many Playboys do you need? <laughs> we just got the one. We just got the one. Is that? Yeah. I think one's a lot for 1991. Yeah, and then you like lit the kids' matches like jackpot. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've never like opened up somebody's like mattress like that before when I went to someone's house. Like, like five seconds into being in their yeah. house, you're just like going through their mattresses and stuff. Yeah, that would have to be like a eight month operation friendship. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> do you have any like dirty magazines? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and then it's like yeah, it's like a covert deal. Yeah. yeah. They're wearing these like generic kind of clothes, but the climax of the movie, Billy's wearing the jean jacket vest, and like he's wearing a jean jacket. You know, Sean Astin is in the Goonies. He's wearing the jean jacket and the jeans, the double denim tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Um, here he is, like, you know, a little bit older. He's going to be the next action star. He's got this, like, jean jacket vest. I think he looks cool. So cool. In that, day, the, on that, in that scene up for that day. Yeah. So cool. I mean, that's, like, his uniform. Like, if he doesn't wear that in that movie, like, they did something wrong. Someone made a mistake. <laughs> it's just, like, in some maroon t-shirt or something. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's get this kid in, like, a tank top or something. Like, no. Not yet. Keep the jeans, keep the keep the double denims going, and here we go. Come on. And like Sean Astin, like when I saw this movie, I was like, oh, is he going to be like like an action movies now? Mm. And you know, the next year he's in Encino Man, okay. where he's kind of a loser. I mean, you kind of are like, you want to root for him, but he's also like kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. Like Link is like the one you really like because he's like so nice and everything. So he's kind of a dick, loser... And then he's like in Rudy a few years later. Mm-hmm. Then he's like Sam in Lord of the Rings, which is iconic. He's in the Goonies. He's in like, he's had an incredible career. Like, I wonder if like there's some world where he was like doing at, like kind of direct to DVD action movies for a while. Like from this, like this is right. his, like this is his audition tape for that. Yes. And I wonder if he kind of wanted to like, you know, make that move or whatever. I'm, I'm sure he did. Because everyone sure. did back then. Because yeah. it was, this was right in that time when it's like, if you're a star, you're like action movie star, right? Yeah. You can't just be like, cool nerd. Like nowadays, like any nerd can be cool. Yeah. Nerd. I'm, I'm going to be the cool nerd in my in 30s and 40s. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think he is short. It seemed to, I mean, it's not. They didn't stop people though. I get, it doesn't stop Tom Cruise. Right. Yeah. I guess they can make that work. Right. They got lists. They got camera angles. Yeah. So, yeah. Stand on a stool when you're talking to Nicole Kidman or whoever, you know. That's no big deal. Um, so, Sam, you're a CrossFit instructor. Mm-hmm. You used to have your own CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of CrossFit-looking stuff in this movie. Crawling through vents, jumping a guy, pots and pans, running mm-hmm. through the drain tunnels. Yeah. What, what else did you see in this movie? It was CrossFit. Uh, I mean, the main... I mean... CrossFit, you know, it's like being ready for the unknown and unknowable. So the whole movie is that, right? Like you're just like, if you're not like, you know, like at one point the guy in the quad is like doing sit-ups and it's like, dude, too late. Too, like, 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 luckily that kid is ripped or whatever, so it doesn't matter. But like, if you're doing sit-ups now, like when the Colombians already have you, it's too late. Like, but if you're like very ready for whatever life's going to throw at you, you know what I mean? From, from years before that. So, like, Sean Astin, like, one of the cool parts when he, like, jumps up. Oh, and he, like, up the door, like, to, like, see. No, like, the hole in the ceiling. Oh, yeah. And you know, get... like, that's a, and that takes a lot of, like, upper body pulling. It's not just a pull-up, but just, like, it's like a bar muscle up, right? I have to pull all the way up and press into it. So, I mean, all that part was, you know, crossfit Yeah. I guess. But really, the whole movie is just, like, being prepared, like, 
Can you sprint? Can you run? Can you jump? Can you shoot machine guns? Can we, can, can we get back in an hour and then... Um, and like do a sweet slide yeah. I, and stuff. I love how he like outguns the, uh, the military guys who are holding him. He's like, no, I gotta go. And like he knocks over their like little posts. So they, he's got like, yeah. a little bit of an edge. I think there's like jeeps coming after him and he's like able to right. make it. <laughs> well, he jumps in a Humvee yeah. and he's gone. It's a good move. Awesome. I guess, I guess army guys don't... Leave your keys in the Humvee. Yeah, well, I think you just leave those things running. Is that what the deal is? I think that's kind of like the thing. You just leave them running. <laughs> but I was surprised how far, like how long he was driving that at like top speed. I was like, how long did it take him to run there? You know what I mean? He yeah. was driving for like three straight minutes, like 50 miles an hour. <laughs> so that was pretty impressive that he had ran that the first Maybe time. Maybe he didn't run all the way there in the first because they did take him. Somewhere they, oh, they, they catch him, him and then they're like, okay, we've got this guy. And like, yeah, no, here's like, here's like all this stuff. And like, yo, I got to get back. God, yeah. it was so close. Like too close. They're about to kill like five guys. Yeah. And like, he comes out in the towel and he's like, I was in the shower. I'm sorry. That was a good move. But I, you know, I thought that the, uh, Colombian guy was going to like, you know, follow his wet footprints. That's what I would do. Right. You follow yeah. his footprints and you go like, you know, oh man, it was like. He was coming in through that window or something, right? Yeah, and you've got like a whole staff of people like, hey, can you go check this out? So follow those wet footprints. Hey, this, we only need one guy on the roof of this right, for like five minutes. <laughs> Just to check this out. Right. See, we'd make decent bad guys. Yeah. We, we, That's what I'm getting at. We're better than this dude, for sure. Um, Daniel Petrie Jr. is the director of this. He's also like the credited, one of the credited screenwriters. He's credited screenwriter on Beverly Hills Cop, but I think like there's like most of Beverly Hills Cop is like Eddie Murphy ad libbing and like changing up stuff. Like so, mm-hmm. I think maybe some of the like structural stuff of Beverly Hills Cop, like the story, is maybe like him. Okay. Um, and then he like did some other stuff, but like David Kep is a credited screenwriter. He like goes on and like writes like Jurassic Park and Mission Impossible and like all of, all of these movies. So it's like this. So when I see like these names, it's like this isn't like some indie movie that, that like got like released. This is like this was like the big dogs, the up and coming big dogs. Yeah, and like yeah. gonna be like a blockbuster. Yeah. So I don't know. This wasn't. This wasn't. This looks like maybe maybe you can make this for cheap because you got this one location at the school for the most part and everything. Right. It isn't like all these things like a lot of these other movies, but like no, this is this is like a pretty probably high budget film at the time. I mean, you got to have a, a couple rocket launchers. You know, that's awesome. You got to blow up with some cars. That's pretty much yeah, it's it. Yeah, that's not computers right there. That's probably the real, that's the real right. thing. Yeah. You got to, you know. The helicopters. You got to help. How many helicopters were there with miniguns? And you got to blast some dudes. That's, you know. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's not. But you're right. It is one location, which has got to help. Right. But it wasn't like, yeah, crazy, crazy. uh like Jurassic Park style, <laughs> you know. The T Rex isn't the villain in this right. movie, right? <laughs> oh With it str- strapped onto his tiny arm. <laughs> right. Um, remix the ingredients. Corey Feldman auditioned for yogurt. No way. And I don't know if Corey Feldman is right for yogurt, but I think it's kind of crazy that at this period of time in 1991, he's having to audition for yogurt and loses it. How does that work? I mean, that kid who's yogurt is like some 14-year-old kid who I never heard of from again. Right. He must have just, uh, either that, either yogurt killed that audition, 
Or Feldman came in like a little too high or something. I think this was something. this was in the Feldman drug addiction recovery mode. So yeah, yeah I think maybe they were like, you know what, we don't want to deal with him right now. Yeah. Yeah. We've gotta yeah, these these gotta be these gotta be bros. We gotta have some bros here. We don't want any, you know, losers. <laughs> we don't want any problems here. And Corey, yes. and Corey Feldman, who is like going to be in the main crux of like some of our podcasts that we do with George Barry mm-hmm. about Dream a Little Dream and everything yeah. else, the Corey Haim, Corey Feldman saga. Mm-hmm. So it would have been nice if he was in this movie, but you know what? It's nice to think. I don't know. He's only, the real course only in this movie, like the three scenes, it feels like. Not really Is that right? Yeah. It's not, he's not, he's not like one of the main dudes. Right. So maybe they're like, you know what? This guy, Corey Feldman is like older. This guy's like younger. Like, yeah, we don't need to make this happen. Right. Yeah, what, let's just, yeah. We're going to take a pass on this. Let's let some of the guys shine a little bit. We don't want to make this a one-man show here. We don't want to make this about all about him. Right. <laughs> if you started calling me, like, yogurt in high school, I'd be like, what the hell? You're, <laughs> hey, you're the kid that people call yogurt, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah, man. Would you like anybody else in this movie who was an up-and-comer at the time? Would I have liked anybody? Yeah. Man, I don't ever, you're always the one that brings up these guys, and I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. I never think about that. I never think about who I wish was in it. What, who, who, do you, who are you thinking? I was thinking about, like, who's, like, kind of young in, like, 1991. Like Topanga? <laughs> I think Topanga's probably, like, five years old in okay. 1991. There we go. Um, like, River Phoenix? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think Jerry O'Connell, like any of those people who were in Stand By Me, Corey Feldman was also in Stand By Me. Right. But right. like, um, I think Corey Haim is not bad either, but also like he is like probably 19 or 20 years old at this point. I think Sean Astor and them were like a little bit younger. I wonder what those guys were doing during this. Bunch they were probably drugs. A bunch of drugs. Is it drug yeah. time? Yeah. Big drug time. When it's drug time, it's drug time, you know? <laughs> you can't be in this like cool action movie. <laughs> okay. Um, the doggy bag. What are you taking home from Toy Soldiers? Um, the main things, I mean, bros in undies, like bros being bros, bros needing, I keep saying bros, like that's, I'm just saying like friends. Friends. Needing something awesome to happen, right? And then it happens, and that's what we've all wanted. Um, dude, that's a... When you're that age, that's like the dream when you and you get out the other side safe, right? That's it's just like that's the greatest thing that could ever happen. He realized his potential. Good for him. Yeah. Look at look at that. A little lesson learned for him. <laughs> it took this huge, crazy situation, but he's on pots and pans still. Oh <laughs> not on not, not gonna be on there and be on it for a long time. Whatever. Like uh <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, when, when Lewis Gossett Jr. gets shot, he's got, like, the tough guy, like, taking a gush, like, ah, ah, yeah, okay. And it's, like, all the shot in the arm. Like, all the shot in the arms look just, like, oh, just wince. Dude, did you not think that was, like, right through the heart the first time you saw it? I was like, that's a heart shot. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, fine. He's, like, on the bench, like, joking around. Well, you'll be on pots and pans pretty soon. I'm like, I feel like you were shot in the heart. Did it not look like it? Was it just... Over, <laughs> I guess he's just just barely <laughs> in this like sweet spot. That's like yeah, it was. It goes right through. It goes right. Yeah, he got lucky because I mean one inch over, he's dead. Like it's over. But you know what? <laughs> this is an R-rated movie about high school terrorism. Yeah, 
We gotta have Lewis Gottschalk Jr. win. The Dean has to has to survive. Yeah, got to. I'm glad the other guy didn't die either. The old guy, who's yeah, like who's he, who's in this situation, the adult that's in this situation. Did you him. think that he was going to? No, but he does look pretty frail. I mean, how good can his heart be? Like, right? Like at that at that age and like in this situation, if he got shot right there. It might have been over. And he's like he's like teaching in class. He's like, oh. You know, what is he doing <laughs> teaching out there? <laughs> They'll be gone soon, but this book is forever. I don't know Sof- what book it is. Sophomores, meet me at the bench. You're like, what? If I was a sophomore, I'd be like, no, I'm not meeting any teacher anywhere. Well, there's like machine guns are pointed at me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go do sit-ups with that dude. <laughs> I'd rather go do sit-ups than go like talk about you pontificating on this book. Yeah. Is he? I wonder if he's in a dorm with like other boys, or if he gets to be in his apartment. Oh yeah, where does he get to be? We didn't get to see it. Maybe he was part. Maybe he was an inside job. Maybe he's. <laughs> maybe he goes into somebody's room. And is like, hey, we got any more Playboys? <laughs> Jackpot. <laughs> I think the doggy bag is shit. I don't know. Um, Sean Astin should have gotten in some more action movies. I'd be up for that, for that right now. I second that. He was in 24 one season. Was he? Okay. Yeah. And he uh, lost his key card. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, some terrorists got the key card. And then he uh, he doesn't tell anybody that he like lost his key card because he was mm. embarrassed. And like now like the terrorists are like putting all this poison gas in the offices. And ev- all these people are going to die. They're in the office. So then he tells people. Yeah, he's like, I, oh, I did, I did that. I think he like saves the day. He like opens something else. He like goes into this room and like he dies, but like yeah. he gets some signal to somebody. Like, is he good in it? Or is it? He's not awesome. He's not Billy Tepper, but I mean, he's yeah. like, he's like, it's like, it's kind of like what kind of roles he was getting, where it's like not like, yeah, not like Kiefer Sutherland, you know? Um, right. But like, yeah, we're, you're going to be in this one year, and like half the time we're going to think you might be a bad guy. Well, you know, my favorite role of his is, uh, I mean, not really, but I love him in uh, 50 First Dates. Is he Doug in 50 yeah, First Dates? He's the is brother. He he... The brother with the list that takes steroids. Like, I love that. Yeah people, yeah. people love that. And Bonnie and I watched that movie like a thousand times. It was kind of like our date night movie because we had it on VHS or whatever. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, watch it, you know, once a week or whatever. Yeah. 50 First Dates. It's awesome. Up. Yeah. Let's go. So Sean Astin has done great. Yeah, he's done fine. Yeah. It's a big deal. Love this movie. Great 1991 film. Hey, it goes out there. It's the first movie, like, post-Die Hard to attack that formula. Good for them. Good for them giving it a shot and get it out. Mm-hmm. Those other, those other a-holes are taking four or five years to figure it out. 91. Let's, let's give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah, we got some bad guys. The Colombians. We got We're, a school. What else do we need? We got Will Wheaton. We got Sean Astin. Louis Cousin Jr. Mix it up. What do we got? Scope drink. Scope drink. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were just gonna drink scope. I don't. I didn't see any reason that they had to make like a vodka drink. I'm not saying I would drink scope, but I'm just saying if you're if you're wanting alcohol that bad, you know, you could have some. You could have a couple shots of scope, right? Maybe. I don't is know. That, is that I gonna do know. anything? It's I, got alcohol in it, right? I would hear people. Say that they like would drink like three bottles of Nyquil or something at a party. Did you ever hear anything like that? I heard some Nyquil talk, but I don't, that's just I, what would that do to you? I don't know. I would take like 
some NyQuil and just go to sleep. Yeah, you'd get real sleepy. Yeah. I, I don't know what it does when you do a whole like, bottles of them. I don't know. I think usually like with the scope thing, remember they would like boil it down to like its purest form of alcohol and then like do something with that alcohol. Right? Mix it with some water and then you have vodka. It's like something. Seems like a lot of steps. It's a lot of steps. Yeah. I'm just going to pour the vodka, pour the scope in my bread machine and see what happens <laughs> in three and a half hours. <laughs> okay. Um, thanks for Sam being on the show. I hope to thanks see you. Happy to have you on some more episodes. Um, if you like this episode, you can listen to our episodes anywhere. You get your podcast. You can subscribe and leave us a review. You can also check us out at our website, Mac and Cheese Movies. This episode sounds like a lot of effort for a group of underachievers. Mac and Cheese out.